But for the next few minutes, hold your calls. We're going to go to our guest line. And on our guest line is Jeff Reeves. He's the editor of InvestorPlace.com. Mr. Reeves is a financial journalist whose commentary has appeared in numerous financial media, including the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Market Watch, TheStreet.com, The Fox Business Channel, to name a few. He's a former editor of the New York Times and has been invited to the White House on two separate occasions for the Personal Finance Online Summit. Mr. Reeves is also the author of The Frugal Investor, Guide to Finding great stocks. Mr. Reeves, welcome back to Market Wrap. Glad to be here, Mo. Jeff, let's start with your latest articles titled, The Only Five Investments You Need to Own. First of all, why do you feel that there's only five that investors need? I mean, we there's people who say you should have 18 different diversification, and you should have this, and you should have that. Why only five? Yeah, well, you can have as big a portfolio as you want, but I think a lot of people, they maybe don't understand what they own and the overlap that comes between them. I think there's a lot of really great diversified investments out there that if you you do a good job, you don't necessarily have to buy 15 or 20 or 100 investments. If there are people who like to do individual positions, I I certainly don't discourage that. I fall into the hubris of stock picking myself, so I understand that you got to scratch that itch. Um, but a lot of people who are just, you know, kind of planning for retirement and the stock market isn't really a, a hobby or a passion of theirs. They just want to set it and forget it. Um, I think that there are ways to get a diversified long-term portfolio that's pretty low on costs and um, covers all the bases that you need to. It's not to say you should leave it alone for 30 years, but I think it's, a, it's, it's very possible to get a low-maintenance portfolio of just a couple of positions that basically does everything that you need. So basically you're talking about ETFs, is that correct? Uh, and uh, why do you think uh, feel that the exchange-traded funds are such a good opportunity right now? Well, I really like exchange-traded funds because they um, sometimes offer lower costs than similar mutual funds, and also um, what would the universe that continues to grow by the day. Um, there's tons of different flavors out there. Um, as we'll get to some of my picks, I have kind of vanilla big-picture funds that are diversified, uh, but there are also ways to play individual sectors, uh, different corners of the market, geographies. Um, so if you're into that, uh, there's basically an ETF for everything. I think that discerning investors can use that in their favor um, by kind of finding the right one for them uh, and also the cheapest one amongst their peers. Because uh, as I'm sure you know, Mo, over the long term, um, the best way to kind of make sure that you keep more of your money is, is also to keep your costs low. It's partially about outperformance, but it's also about reducing costs. And the competition al- allows you to do that um, with, with, a good, with a good cheap ETF that does the same as its more expensive fear, peers. ETFs are as low as four basis points, some of them, so there's very, very low cost. I totally agree with you. Let's talk a little bit about the five investments we need to own and why. Uh, what is the first one? Well, you know, I really like how healthcare. We've talked about this before. There's a huge demographic push with the boomers uh, here at home. There's also emerging markets as, you know, middle-class consumers there kind of tap into 21st century cures uh, and all the prescription drugs and, and medical devices that go along with that. Um, I, I do think that you can go a long way with many different healthcare funds that are out there. One that I particularly like, though, is the SPDR S&P 500 Biotech ETF from State Street Global. The ticker symbol is XBI. Uh, the reason I like this fund is it's focused on biotechnology companies. They're a little bit smaller, so they are a little bit more risk. Um, but this fund uh, is properly diversified. It doesn't have a weighting uh, for any single stock that's more than about 3% of its assets. It's only got about maybe 20-25% in its top 10 positions. So uh, it really does spread your money around and that allows you to get uh, you know, equal exposure to the big winners that are, uh, that are out there. And while there are a couple risky stocks that may not develop the right cures and they may experience some trouble, 
uh, on the whole, you've got a, a big enough basket of these biotech companies that it'll, it'll move in the right direction. There's a lot of biotechs uh, out there that kind of make headlines. Uh, I would never really advocate the, the typical investor planning for retirement get in these development far, development stage pharmaceutical companies by themselves, right, because they're either complete home runs or you strike out. So rather than worry about that, I think a diversified portfolio of biotech ETFs through this, or biotech stocks through this ETF is a great way to do that. Um, it's pretty affordable. It's only 35 basis points, which is 35 bucks a year for every 10 grand you invest. Um, so it's a great way to play these up-and-coming companies that are developing the next round of cancer cures and Alzheimer's cures, um, but play them in a basket and not worry about picking individual winners and losers. Technology is hot right now, and in your article you state that this sector is worth taking a focused bet on. Why is that, and how would you invest in this particular sector? Yeah, I think it's undeniable that, um, you know, with the modern economy, uh, a lot of uh, companies are spending as much or perhaps more on technology than they actually are on hiring because uh, efficiencies are just the way that a global economy in, in the 21st century works. Uh, I think enterprise tech in particular is going to be pretty powerful in the year ahead. Um, we've seen labor uh, labor reports that have been very good. Um, hiring continues to increase, so I think capital expenditures are also going to increase on technology for enterprise um, enterprise applications of businesses of all sorts. Um, again, you could try to pick individual winners in, in that space, uh, whether you like Cisco or Oracle, we can debate all day long, but I think the, the best way for an investor to kind of hedge their bets and just ride this secular trend would be with a, with a technology ETF. Uh, I'm big on the Guggenheim S&P 500 equal weight tech ETF. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because uh, the ticker symbol is RYT for that fund. Uh, that's because a lot of tech stocks or a lot of tech funds out there are heavily weighted in a small group of stocks. And you know what they are. They're Apple, they're Microsoft. Um, they tend to be market cap weighted, a lot of these, especially the, the NASDAQ 100 funds. The NASDAQ's a market cap weighted index. So the biggest stocks are naturally the biggest part of the portfolio, sometimes with Apple representing 10%. So if you just want to buy Apple, buy Apple. You don't buy an ETF, it's 10% in Apple. Uh, the Guggenheim equal weight uh, tech ETF makes sure that not a single stock is worth more than 2%. So you really do spread your money around. Uh, again, uh, these, these ETFs we're talking about, it's an eye towards diversification and long-term returns. If you want to make a targeted bet on Apple or on Microsoft, you can feel free. But for retirement investors looking just to play the tech trend, uh, this equal weight ETF is a great way to do that. We are talking to Jeff Reeves, editor of TheInvestorPlace.com. The third investor investment you talk about in this article is a dividend appreciation ETF. Why is this important for an investor to have something which, which is giving off dividends in their portfolio? Yeah, I mean, retirement investors need to be sure that uh, they're not just kind of bleeding down their nest egg. Uh, I, I have this discussion all the time with my parents who are up there in years that, you know, the, the, the blessing and the curse of, of the world we live in is that people live a lot longer than they think they do. Um, and you, you can't just depend on having a, a nest egg that's going to last you until maybe you're 85 or just a little bit of money above your Social Security. You want to have investments that throw off income. Uh, and that's what dividends do for us these days, because let's face it, a lot of other um, interest-bearing assets just aren't very good. Mm-hmm. So I think income is a crucial part of any retirement portfolio, and this, uh, that's where the Vanguard Dividend Appreciation ETF comes in, ticker symbol is VIG. Uh, the yield isn't too great. It's only about 2.1% right now, but these are quality, not quantity dividends. You can chase junk bonds if you want. Um, but you run the risk of capital declines there. I think what the dividend appreciation ETF offers is a, a list of rock-solid companies. Um, they've increased their dividends at least once a year across the last 10 years. They have certain liquidity requirements to hit. 
Um, so while the yield doesn't burn the house down, you can always depend on these companies being there. It's a stable source of income. And because it's a Vanguard fund, uh, you know, they're the cheapest ones out there. It's just uh, 10 basis points or $10 each year on 10000 invested. So it's a small price to pay for diversification and, and income that you can rely on. But the p- price of these shares can go down. It's not that they, these ETFs cannot go down. Just because they're yes. dividend-paying stocks, we have to remind listeners that it can go down but because they're very good, big, stable companies that have increased their dividends over long periods of time, probably even even in a bear market, they will go down and then after that come back up over a period of time. Yeah, that is correct. I mean, the, the, the big holdings in this fund right now include the names that, you know, you'd see in a typical income portfolio if you pick stocks, your Johnson & Johnson's. Um, your Procter and Gamble's, they're the, the, the big consumer staple stocks that have very low beta. Um, they have wide moats and a great balance sheet. So that's true. While you, you do run the risk of some volatility because these are equities, that's just the, the game that we play, mm-hmm. uh, they do have a lower beta, a, a lower wiggle than a lot of the other stocks that are out there. Again, I, I go for the quality of these stocks, not necessarily the quantity of the dividend. The next investment article is an international stock ETF. Why is it a good time to look invest uh, and look outside the United States? Well, I mean, we live in a globalized economy, uh, and I think that it's a little bit naive to think that you should only keep your money uh, in the S&P 500. I'm a strong believer in uh, a big equity allocation right now because I'm pretty bullish, um, but I certainly don't believe that, it, despite all the, the press that's out there, that America is the only place you should put your money. Um, I think that it's important when you think about diversification to not just think about different stocks and sectors, but also different sizes of companies and different geographies. Um, so if you truly are trying to take a long-term and diversified approach to investing, um, you've got to be have an international flavor. And this Vanguard Total, Total International Stock ETF, the ticker symbol is VXUS, uh, is a great way to do that because, uh, as the name and the ticker symbol implies, it is an ex-U.S. fund, which means none of its money is here at home. So if you have a portfolio and you don't own any international stocks, this is a great way to ensure that you're, you're not double-dipping. A lot of large-cap funds um, that cover global investments, sometimes maybe in the same stocks. We talked about the, the Vanguard dividend ETF. If you just go for a large-cap fund, you may get companies like Nestle and Novartis that are in Europe, but you also might be allocated again in Johnson & Johnson and some of these other companies. As an ex-U.S. fund, uh, it focuses only overseas. Uh, a lot of its money is in the developed market, but it does have about 20% exposure to emerging markets. So, uh, again, it gives you, it's kind of a one-stop shop um, that allows you to have a little bit of emerging markets exposure uh, for, for some growth, uh, but not so much that you feel like it's very aggressive. Uh, the, the managers um, of this fund are actually just a computer. It's benchmarked to, a, benchmarked to an index. So like all Vanguard funds, again, it's super cheap. The expense ratio is $14 a year for every 10 grand invested. Um, so there are fewer ways out there uh, that are possible for you to get a great group of international stocks in both emerging and developed markets this cheap. Um, so I highly recommend the total international ETF for people who want a little geographic diversification. Jeff, we've got about 60 seconds left. What is the last investment in your article, and why do you feel number five is important? So uh, we talked about income. Uh, I, I do think that there has to be some income. We talked a lot about equities. Uh, I'm not super bullish uh, on the prospect of owning bonds right now or long-term bond funds with interest rate risk. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like preferred stock. There's a preferred stock ETF, the PFF from iShares, that offers yield of about 5%. It's kind of a hybrid between stocks and bonds. It's preferred stock, a little bit weighted in financials. But again, it's a way for you to get good income uh, with a little bit less risk than stock, a little more risk than bonds. 
Uh, but let's face it, interest-bearing assets aren't what they cracked up to be right now. So uh, I kind of like preferred stock as an income foundation for your portfolio. Jeff, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and being with us today on Market Wrap and sharing your thoughts. Great article, by the way, the only five, the only five investments you need to own. Thank you again. Thanks.